Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, I wanted to talk about the resurrection of one Emperor Palpatine and how the Emperor's plan to cheat death has been set in motion many years before his demise so that he could come back 30 years after his demise. So, join me in a minute and we'll discuss. Hello everyone. My name is Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And welcome to A Thousand Generations, presented by Page Turners They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast. All right, folks, the dead speak. Yes, the resurrection of Emperor Palpatine. Um, all right, now, to, to preface this discussion, I had not read all the comics and books that have any connection with the resurrection of Palpatine. All I've seen are mostly the shows, cartoons, and live action, and so I can only speak from that position. The Return of the Emperor proved to be difficult for some of the fandom. And I get it. I totally get it. There was some discussion that would this cheapen Anakin's sacrifice? Or things like, was it really necessary? Or they should have done a better job uh, setting it up? Yeah, okay. We could have discussions on that. What I want to discuss today is tracking the return of Palpatine. So, in order not to confuse the heck out of everybody, I'm going to do this chronologically speaking. So, we learn from Palpatine's own mouth, which, by the way, sometimes you don't know what to trust out of that mouth. So don't take this with a grain of salt. Telling Anakin about Plagueis the Wise. Now, we could, we could spend a whole episode on this scene. Suffice to say, it would seem that Palpatine had learned some things from his master, Plagueis, because it turns out the story was autobiographical. That Palpatine may have learned some details about cheating death from his master, Darth Plagueis. As I said, take it with a grain of salt, because if Palpatine says it, it doesn't mean it's necessarily true, because we all know that Palpatine and the truth don't quite uh, go hand in hand. 
So he may have learned some things from his master. All right. Immediately after the empire, the republic fell, and the empire was proclaimed, the Kaminoan scientist was moved from Camino to Wayland, to the Mount Tantus Laboratory. And the, and the cloning facilities on Camino were destroyed by the Empire. And they kept Nalase and sent her to work at Mount Tantus. Now she's a cloner. What use would the Empire at the cloner? Considering that they discontinued the clone program on Camino. Mm, okay. So he jumped ahead 23 years to Palpatine's demise. Now, before we get to that, I, I must mention this. There is something that happens in between Nalisei going to Mount Tantus and the physical death of Emperor Palpatine. Okay, so there are going to be spoilers here really quick, folks. So for the next minute, I'm going to talk spoilers. So come back in a minute, starting now. Okay, the Fortress Inquisitorius that we saw on last week's episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Inquisitor home base has, in its lower levels, preserved, dead or alive, I'm not sure, Force-sensitive and Jedi Masters were caught by the Empire. I have a suspicion they may have been placed there to extract their genetic material, like we see with Grogu later, in order to fuel Palpatine trying to create a Force-sensitive host body. I don't know. Okay, spoilers are over. Okay, folks, spoilers are over. You can come back now. So Palpatine dies. His physical body is destroyed by Anakin Skywalker. Okay. Five years later, our favorite Mandalorian, Din Djarin, and some of his acquaintances were, were in an Imperial facility on the planet Navarro. And as they were going through the facility, they find creatures in vats. In tanks, there are these odd-looking creatures. And we learned from the hologram of Dr. Pershing that these were experiments in basically in creating force-sensitive clone bodies. 
basically artificially infusing someone with the with the force. Taking the blood and the midichlorians from Grogu and trying to put it into these bodies to artificially infuse them with the force. And apparently it had some success until all the test subjects died. And by the way, one of those creatures in the vat is shaped a bit like Supreme Leader Snoke. Looks a little bit like Snoke. We'll come to that in a minute. We're going to take a short break and we'll come right back. Okay, we are back. Uh, let me just really quick say it is my hypothesis that the experimenting that's been going on up to this point is to create a force-sensitive host body that the spirit of Palpatine can inhabit. My theory is that if the body is not force-sensitive, the Emperor's spirit would not be able to wield the force. And this is something he cannot have. He will not allow. I will come to that in a minute. Okay, so let's track where we've been. Now, let's say sent to Mount Tantus. Palpatine's body dies. Dinjaran learns of the experiments that Dr. Pershing wants Grogu for. All right. Now, there is one detail that I do know from the novel that comes next in our chronology. And that is they attempt to create host bodies for Palpatine. And part of this creation results in the clone son, as you might say, of Palpatine. As in Ray's father. Now, those who may not be aware who have not read the novel, Ray's dad is a failed clone of Palpatine, a clone body that showed no force potential whatsoever, and therefore the Emperor could not use that body. Palpatine, being the sneaky um, scallywag that he is, decided, you know what? I'll keep this son of mine, this clone son, clone brother, however you say it, and just keep them for other purposes. Well, that son, you know, fell in love, married a lady, had a daughter named Ray. And this, as a side note, demonstrates that Ray's power does not come. Grandpa Palpy. It because her own father didn't have any force potential, so it's probably not genetic. It is, as the title of the movie says, the force awakens. It awakened in Ray to combat Kylo Ren. But that's a side note. So getting back to the story. Okay, now let's say at Mount Tantus, physical death of the Emperor. 
weird clone bodies on the world and a failed clone of Palpatine. I had no idea what Palpatine's spirit was doing during this part. If I may surmise, I think what happened is they kept creating clone bodies for Palpatine. And they would be Force-sensitive to some degree. But they would, because of the immense power contained within Palpatine, the immense dark power, I believe those bodies probably fell apart real quick. And as a result, he probably had to keep jumping bodies. That's just a guess. I don't know. All right. This brings us to many years later. We have learned, I think, through the comics and through other sources, that Snoke is indeed an attempt at creating a clone body for Palpatine. Now, don't quote me on that. I may be wrong. But Snoke is an artificial creation. Apparently not a very good one, considering that his body's falling apart. Yet again, just like Palpatine's failed clone son, a.k.a. Ray's dad, yet again, I think Palpatine went, well, this thought he's not going to work, looking at Snoke. He said, but you know what? I'll use him to be my puppet. And that's what he did. Until, of course, Kylo Ren turned the tables and killed Supreme Leader Snoke. It was at this point that I think Palpatine was like, okay, I'll do it myself. And came out of hiding. And revealed himself, as we see in The Rise of Skywalker. So the body that he inhabits in The Rise of Skywalker is a clone body. We learned this from the novel. And, like I said earlier, the immense power contained within Palpatine is causing that body to fall apart. I mean, you remember. His fingers were falling off. His eyes had no pupils. Who knows what he looked like under the robe. Ugh. Yeah, he was a mess. He was a real mess. And yet again, waiting for that ultimate clone body, but it never paid off. So I figured, well, maybe I'll transfer my essence into Ray. At least that's what he told her. Yet again, Palpatine is not always to be trusted. And then, of course, he discovered that Kylo Ren and Rey are a dyad. And they sucked some of their life energy. It's like, ooh. It rebuilt his body. I mean, that's pretty powerful. But ultimately, Palpatine was destroyed. So that I believe, and we're going to see more. I think we're going to see more throughout all the new Star Wars material. Now that the prequel trilogy, or sorry, the sequel trilogy, is finished, Lucasfilm can start filling in the gaps. Just like happened with the Clone Wars and the prequel trilogy. Filling in those corners. So, as we conclude, let us track our steps. 
Palpatine learns stuff about prolonging life from Darth Plagueis. Now, let's say it's sent to Mount Tantus, probably to work on creating clone bodies for Palpatine. Palpatine dies, or his physical body is destroyed. Experiments are being done on the planet Navarro. Palpatine's failed clone son is created. Snoke is created. And finally, Palpatine reveals himself and is ultimately destroyed. I think these are all steps on a larger canvas that Palpatine had a plan to resurrect himself in motion from the beginning. The Sith do not want to accept death. The Jedi accept it with tranquility. The Sith do not. The Sith have a desire to hold on. Palpatine got real close, ultimately failed. White will, white will always triumph over the dark side. And more than this, Palpatine did not want to accept death. So I believe that as these new story points are coming out, books, shows, comics, even in games maybe, we are seeing the journey of Palpatine to his resurrection, or at least the revelation of his resurrection in The Rise of Skywalker. And I am so excited to see where we go, what else gets filled in? And now that the sequel trilogy is done, they can start filling in the gaps. And I'm really excited to see where we go. So those are my thoughts on the resurrection of Emperor Palpatine. Thank you all for tuning in to A Thousand Generations. Presented by Page Turners, they were not my Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.